Thanks for listening to the Adulting is Easy podcast. This is Lauren, and I manage the Adulting is Easy blog and podcast, which can be found at realadultingiseasy.com. And anywhere you listen to podcasts, as usual, I'm going to ask you to please take a second and hit the follow button wherever you're listening if you haven't done so and can safely do so. I'm joined today by Tiffany Grant, an accredited financial counselor and award-winning personal finance blogger, podcaster, coach, and educator. She's been featured on Yahoo Finance, CNBC, Essence, and Acorns as an expert on side hustles, business, and money. Tiffany has helped many people become more in tune with their money by providing financial education in a down-to-earth and relatable format. She graduated with a Bachelor's of Business Administration and Management from the University of North Carolina at Pembroke. In addition, she holds a Master's of Business Administration from the University of North Carolina at Greensboro. Tiffany also holds a SHRM CP designation and is a Lean Six Sigma Yellow Belt. Thanks for joining me, Tiffany. Thank you for having me. So happy to be here. This episode is sponsored by Jasmine Mortgage Team. Jasmine's team is one of the top 10 women-led mortgage lenders in the nation with over 20 years experience. Jasmine Mortgage Team offers conventional jumbo, FHA, doctor loans, and more. Head on over to jasminemortgageteam.com and tell them Lauren from Adulting is Easy sent you. Again, that's jasminemortgageteam.com. Our goal for today is to make adulting a bit easier for listeners by discussing a personal finance topic, since managing money is a big part of adulting. So today, Tiffany, we're going to discuss goals. And do you mind kicking us off with why goals are important? Yeah, I mean, pretty much like you don't, if you don't have a target, then you don't know where you're going, right? So, and I'd say that from experience, I've spent a lot of years just blowing in the wind. And I'll be honest with you, um, a lot of times it's a waste of time because, you know, I'm jumping from this to that, um, not really having a clear direction on where I'm going with my life, career, money, anything. And I end up looking back like, dang, like if I knew where I was trying to go, I could have gotten there a little faster. So um, goal setting is important because it gives you a target. It gives you something to aim at. Um, So that's kind of how I explain it to people when we get started on the process. Yeah. So as a financial counselor, you're talking about goals with, with your clients all the time. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. That's like every meeting starts off with goal planning. And even when they've been clients for a while, we still reference our goals. Either we're tweaking them or we're crossing them off or we're making them better. So everything that I do surrounds goal setting and making sure that we follow that. Is there a right way to structure a goal, to have a goal? Is there a right and wrong way to do that? It depends, right? So like with all financial advice, it depends, right? And the reason I say that because, for instance, I had a new client a couple of weeks ago. And when we got on the call, I mean, she was boohoo crying, like she was in dire straits, like there was just so much going on. And so I said, you know what, Tiffany, if you sit here and say, okay, so what's your goals? You know, it's not going to work, right? Because she's already like in a mind space where it's negative, you know, it's just not cohesive for actually getting that type of stuff done. So what did I do? I said, you know what? Let's dream for a little bit, right? So let's say money is no object and you have your ideal life set up. 
what would that look like to you? And so what that did, that took her out of that negative mindset, put her into a positive mindset. And so she started telling me, oh, you know, all my debt would be paid off. I would have, you know, over a million dollars in the bank. I would have investments, you know, blah, 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 blah. And so what I was able to do was take goals out of what she was saying. So for instance, she said, all my debt would be paid off. Okay. Hey, that's a goal. You want to pay off your debt. And then she said, oh, I want to have savings, enough savings for, I think she said like six months, at least six, you know, months or so, don't quote me, but something like that. And I said, okay, bam, you want to have an emergency fund of XYZ. And so I used that to change her mindset and then also to pull out what I needed from the conversation without sending her into a traumatic spin. Because if she's already panicking and like, oh my gosh, there's no way to get out of this, then... If I say, oh, well, what's your financial goal? She's like, oh, like, oh my gosh. Like, I don't believe she's talking about this right now. Um, and so that's a way that, you know, people can start thinking about getting their goals out is just frame it in a positive way. So then once we did that and I told her what I just did, she said, ooh, like, you're good. <laughs> and then she was already in a positive mind frame. So we were able to fine tune them a little bit more, you know, so on and so forth. Now, when you're looking at goals, speaking of fine tuning, you want to make sure that they are SMART goals. So if you're not familiar, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time constraint. The reason you want to have those qualities in your goals is because it's not enough to just say, I want to pay off debt. Okay. What does that mean? What does that look like? Why are you doing it? Right. <laughs> um, you want to make sure that you are being specific. So instead of, I want to pay off my debt, maybe it looks like I want to pay off X amount of debt in X amount of months by putting away or, you know, putting X amount towards it for this amount of month, you know, you get what I'm saying. You want to kind of make it more specific so that way it's easier to follow because what happens is now you just have a roadmap, right? And so really all you have to do is follow that roadmap. So make sure your budget aligns with it and it's fail proof, right? Um, and then once you start crossing off the goals, then things start looking realistic. Things start looking a little better. And then you're like, oh, I can do this. And you start getting that momentum. Now, another strategy I tell people too is have a big goal, right? So something that you don't feel is attainable today, okay? So this is like your dream. This is, I know some people get triggered with this, but your big audacious goal, right? And then what you want to do is break that down into bite-sized pieces and doable steps. So let me give you an example. When I first started on my debt-free journey, right? I was looking at 50,000 plus in debt. Now, looking at it, especially as a single mom, two boys, barely making any money, I was broke, um, <laughs> like literally living off of refund checks. Um, I'm like, dang, I will never be able to do this. Now, that's where I went wrong because I've already gone to it with the mindset that I can't do it, okay? So instead, what I did was like, okay, Tiffany, this is the reality of the situation. Yeah, you can sit here and boohoo cry or whatever about it and not make any changes and you keep going the same route. 
or you can figure out how you're going to get out. And so what I did was I broke each debt down into, um, you know, pretty much by debt. So instead of grouping all my student loans together, it was like student loan one, student loan two, student loan three, credit card one, credit card two, you know, car payment one, that type of thing. And I started working. So I started with the snowball method. Then I kind of did a combination of snowball and avalanche, so on and so forth. Anyway, the point is, once I started reaching, like, for instance, the first one, let's say it was $1,000, and I got that paid in full letter, I said, oh, (laughs) I could do this. Like, this is freaking awesome. And so I was like, okay, now for this next one, let me see if I can do it faster. So it started becoming a game for me. And then when I looked up, I was like, oh, shoot. 50,000 is gone in like a little over a year. And I would have never, I didn't think it was possible. But once I took that big goal of getting my debt paid off and broke it down into those bite-sized pieces, bam, it happened. Um, That's just a few tips. And another one more thing that I want to mention with goals, I look at them as manifestation tools, right? So I'm big on um, energy and spirituality and stuff like that. And when you write things down, so don't just keep it in your head because, I mean, we know how mental accounting goes, right? So write it down and there's power in writing things down and making them known, okay? Um, So and and bonus points, if you can put it somewhere where you can see it every day, Um, because then what you do is you see that goal and you're like, oh, let me see if I can do something today to get towards that. If it's out of sight, out of mind, then, (laughs) you know, you're not going to work towards it. But if you can see it every day, maybe on a sticky note, put it on your, you know, bathroom mirror, on your desk or what have you, you can constantly remind yourself like, oh, this is what I need to be working towards. So hopefully I know that was a lot, (laughs) but hopefully that helps. No, that's, that's awesome. And it makes so much sense. Let's dream for a bit. And then naturally, as the person's answering you, they're going to be talking about their goals. Mm -hmm. And then this idea, you gave it such a concrete example, right? I have $50,000 in debt. That sounds like a lot. Can I break them down? Let me break them down into these different debts. And then I start paying those off. And do you want to tell listeners what the snowball versus the avalanche method is in case they're not familiar? Oh, yeah, sure. Absolutely. So the snowball method is paying your debts off in order from lowest amount. So lowest dollar amount to highest dollar amount. And the psychology behind that is as you pay off the little amounts mentally, you're like, like I said, oh, my gosh, I can do this. Like, this is so doable. This is possible. And so it gives you the momentum to, you know, move a little faster. So the other method is the avalanche method. Now the avalanche is when you take your debts and pay them down based on the interest rate. So you work from the highest interest rate to the lowest interest rate. Now that one is better for monetary purposes because as you might realize, you know, you might pay less in interest as you're working down your debt. So they both have their pros um, and they both have their cons. So what I do generally with myself and with my clients is we do a combination of the two, just depending on what we're working on, right? So for instance, we might start with Snowball and then we might move to Avalanche or we might start with Avalanche and then we move to Snowball. It just depends on the situation. And I encourage 
encourage the listeners to just get your numbers out <laughs> and figure out what makes sense for you and what, you know, will motivate you. So if, if money motivates you and you're like, oh my gosh, I need to save as much money as possible, then maybe the avalanche method is the best way. If you're like, you know what, money is hard for me. <laughs> you know, I need something to get me going. I need something to give me momentum. Then maybe the snowball method is for you. So, you know, just look at both methods and maybe even do a combination of the two. Nice. Thank you for that. You mentioned that once you started paying down your debt, it became like a game, like a challenge. Does that happen a lot with your clients too? Yes. So (laughs) it's crazy because usually, okay, so we create our goals when we first start, right? And During our meetings, like our check-ins and stuff, we're looking at the budget, you know, we're like, okay, are you on track? Are you doing this? And when we do our big check-ins, so maybe like once every couple of months, three months, depending on the situation, we go back and look from where we started. And everybody, everybody, like I've never had anybody that was not shocked at where they were compared to where they started from. I just had one client, we did um, a big check-in. So we went all the way back to the beginning and lo and behold, she had paid off all her credit cards. So that was like 10,000 gone. She had started saving. So she had like about 10,000 in her savings. And then her credit score went up by like 100 points. And so she was like, oh my gosh. And mind you, when we first met, she was living off of credit cards. And so she never thought that this stuff would be possible. And see, for me, that is what brings me joy in doing all of this is just to open up people's minds and realize what's possible when you really have intention, you have focus and you have goals and you do whatever you need to do in order to make it happen. Nothing is impossible. I just said this at an event over the past weekend. I was like, it doesn't matter how dire your situation is or how it seems, let me say it that way. There is always a way out. And that doesn't just mean money. That could be relationship. That could be whatever. There is always a way out. You just have to have the mindset so that way you can start thinking strategically or get help, hire somebody. Um, But so you can start thinking strategically and think, okay, since my mind is clear and I'm not in this negative mind space, how can I get out of this? And you'll be surprised how the the ideas just start flowing. So mindset is hugely important once you have goals. What about before though? You almost have to have some kind of mindset shift to even start thinking about it. How do you foster that? Yeah. So, okay. So let's take new clients, for instance, everybody that comes to me, they have already made up their mind like, okay, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Like this is really getting on my nerves. I don't know what to do. Money is definitely emotional, okay? We can all agree on that. And if you don't agree, let's chat. (laughs) Because money is very emotional. So a lot of how we deal with our money is based on our experiences, our cultures, our friends, our family, society, all types of things influence our relationship with our money. So my suggestion is to start tapping into who you are. Okay. And when I say that, I mean, think about, and you know, you might have to dive deep depending on, (laughs) depending on who you are, but just think about yourself and get to know yourself because self-awareness is honestly how I started on this journey. Right. So I went to a bank and they denied me for a $200 credit card. And I was like, 
it's only $200. Like, you mean I'm not worth that? And it's like, I didn't know, like I was oblivious to, you know, the whole credit thing. Like I knew a little bit, but I never paid attention. I was told medical bills don't count, which was a lie because that's all I had. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, it opened my eyes, right? So a lot of times it takes that eye-opening moment, whether it's because you're down and out, rock bottom, whatever, or like my situation, I went to a bank and got denied and I'm looking like, what the heck? Like how? It's those pivotal moments that make you start paying attention. And we all had a huge pivotal moment when COVID came around, right? And so that allowed a lot of people to start getting their mind around, you know, their money, their relationships, you know, look around their house, like, I need to do this, I need to do that. You know, it just allowed people to really have that pivotal moment and get out of the not the rat race, but like the hamster wheel of life. You know, most of the time we spend life on autopilot and we don't really realize like how many times have you driven from home to work or work to home? And you're like, how the heck did I get here? It's because your mind is on autopilot, right? Getting out of that autopilot will allow you to realize what needs to happen. And then once you start realizing that, you'll like, it's crazy how it happens. You'll start saying, oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to do this. And it's not enough just to think about it. Start writing it down and then start acting on it, you know? So. No, this is so great. I'm loving this. (laughs) So is knowing yourself part of knowing what your values are too? Because I feel like a lot of times with money and that can just be spending money, but I think probably with debt too, is you realize I've been spending this on crap I don't care about. And I want to actually get to a point where I can spend it on stuff I do. I'm so glad you brought that up because yes, yes and yes. So knowing yourself includes knowing what your values are, knowing what your personal mission statement is. Like, you know, some people don't want to go through those extra steps or, you know, they think it's not necessary. But honestly, it helps you control your own life. (laughs) Like this is your life to live, right? You write your own story. You're an actor in your own play. And so at the end of the day, you want to write it to where you feel, you feel (laughs) you are accomplished. You, You feel you are successful. You feel good about the life that you live. And so absolutely, you need to know your values. You need to know what's important to you. And that's what I tell people too. You know, when we get into the budgeting conversation, And I'll give you a quick example. I had a client where, you know, she was barely making ends meet, negative um, every month, you know, what have you. And we're going through the budget. And, you know, my first thought, because I don't watch TV, I'm like, well, what about cable? You know, (laughs) you might can cut cable. And she was like, oh, no. She was like, I have to have cable. That is my entertainment. And what that did for me as a counselor, it made me realize that I cannot project my views onto other people. What's important to people is what's important to people. So what I told her was, okay, fine, keep the cable. (laughs) You know, the cable's fine. That's what you enjoy. That's your entertainment. That's what you love. But where else are you going to pull this money from? So my thing is, once you know your values, you know what's important to you, you can sit there and create the life that you want and you can create the budget that you want. You just have to realize that it's give and take. So for instance, in that situation, we kept the cable because that's her form of entertainment. And she was like, you know what? I'll just have to knock down, you know, how much I want to save for travel. 
And I'm like, okay, that's fine. As long as your budget zeroes out at the end and you understand that the give and take is there, then that's pretty much the concept of budgeting. It all depends on what's important to you. And then you build your life around that. So that's why when people first start working with me, they're like, oh my gosh, Tiffany's going to kill me. I spent X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. But I'm, I'm never mad. I'm never like, because this is not my life. This is not my money. Um, I'm just like, okay, cool. So where are we pulling it from? Like, that's all you have to tell me. And then we go through that process of finding where the money's going to come from, whether, you know, that means less eating out for the week or the month or what have you, then so be it. But, you know, money is finite. So um, you have to definitely make sure it equals out regardless. I'm glad you brought up maybe when you miss a target. I know obviously breaking down goals can make them easier, but I imagine some things come up with you or your clients or really it happens to me for sure where you fall off of the wagon, if you will. I think about it like a diet. Sometimes I'm doing real strong and then I go to my mom's house and she gets out those Publix cookies and that's it for me. I got, you know, I'm going to eat five of them. You can do that with money too. So what do you counsel people when they mess up? Yeah. So, okay. First of all, there's no such thing as a mess up, right? (laughs) It's either, it's it's usually a lesson. Okay. Um, So at the end of the day, because that's another thing too, just a quick tidbit, we have to change our language. So that's another thing that I work with. We have to change our language. We have to talk kind to ourselves. We have to, you know, just kind of just change that whole thing that we're so used to doing. But um, first of all, goals and budgets are living, breathing documents. Okay. So what does that mean, Tiffany? It means that they're dynamic. They can change. Like they're not set in stone. If something comes up, then okay, let's just adjust. Let's see how we can get back on track. And there's nothing wrong with having a reset. I'm currently in a reset, (laughs) to be real with you, because I was too comfortable with how I was running my money. You know, I had stopped budgeting as strict as I was or what have you fell off the wagon. And so now I'm like, okay, Tiffany, you need a reset, (laughs) you know? So it happens to the best of us. And this is what I do all day, every day. And so it's okay to reset. Don't feel bad about it. Don't beat yourself up about it. Cause what does that do? Now you're in a mental space to where you feel guilty and you feel bad and you know, it's just negative energy. And then it clouds your judgment again. So, you know, how many times have you, you know, if you're a spender, you're like, oh, I might as well just go ahead and get this stuff anyway, because I've already screwed it up, you know, Um, and I know I'm talking to a lot of people right now, but, (laughs) but, you know, at the end of the day, you can always course correct. It's never too late. Right. So for instance, I had a client and she was like, you know what, Tiffany, let's just wait till next month. You know, this month is just, you know, I'm all off. I haven't been tracking anything. I haven't been da, 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 da. And I said, you know what? Start today. (laughs) you know, what's the difference? Start today. And since it's only what the eighth of the month at that time, I was like, all you have to do is go back in your transactions and just, you know, put it in. And even if you don't do that, what you can do for this month in order to make sure that you reach your goals is to just track for the rest of the month. Don't even worry about budgeting. Just know where your money's going. And then next month we can adjust the budget. And then we're still working towards what we're trying to work towards. And you're not just giving up you know, because that's the easy way out. That's the easy way to do it. You can just say, you know what, this is too hard. I can't do this anymore. I'm done. But guess what? When you're done and you check out, your situation is going to stay the same. So at the end of the day, you just have to 
keep going, whether that looks like a reset, whether that looks like I'm going to start fresh tomorrow, whether that looks like, oh, I'm just not going to eat out today. <laughs> you know, it could be so simple. Maybe it looks like you get some change from around you and put in a piggy bank. You know, all of those things could be resets and you just have to start fresh. Um, so it happens all the time. It happens to the best of us. And so don't feel bad because that puts you in a, in a negative mindset. But say, you know what? This morning was not a good morning, but that does not change the rest of the day. So I can still, you know, get back on track for lunch, for dinner, you know, and this is also in regards to dieting, which I need to take this own advice, but, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's the same concept. So you can always reset. It doesn't have to be, oh, I have to wait until the first of the month. No, do it now. Why not? <laughs> I love that. Start today. Start now. Don't wait till Monday to start your diet. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I can see why it's called financial counseling. You're talking kindly to people, reminding them to speak kindly to themselves. And you're also being that accountability partner too. So it's, I love as you're talking, Tiffany, I could see that you're talking about, I'm your accountability partner, but I also understand you and I'm also forgiving and you need to be this way with yourself. And so I think that's awesome that you can kind of do both at the same time. Mm -hmm, absolutely. You know, my philosophy is, right, like when I started doing this, I'm like, I don't want people to have a traumatic money experience with me. Like people already get that enough <laughs> from wherever. Like I've heard horror stories of like people working with people and they're like downing them and shaming them all the time. And it's just, yeah, it's not, it's not happy. So I don't want to be that person. Like I want to be the person where people are like, oh, like they leave every meeting like, oh. I feel great. I feel good. Let's get this going. You know, I don't want to be that person where, you know, and some people come to me where they've gone and tried to seek help. Like maybe they went to like, you know, a financial advisor or what have you. Maybe they didn't have enough assets or whatever. And so they never heard back. That's a traumatic experience because they were ready and willing and trying to open up themselves. And honestly, financials are vulnerable. Like this is a vulnerable position for most people. And so having that happen, they're like, well, I'm not good enough to get help. Or I can't, you know, I tried and this person didn't contact me back. I'm not good enough. You know, I'm not worth it, whatever. And so that's a traumatic experience. So I don't want to be that person. So honestly, most people that come to me, I try to help in any way that I can. Um, and even if they can't afford it at that moment, I'm like, okay, well, I have all of these free resources. I have the blog, I have the podcast, dive in and I might send them some articles to read in the meantime, you know? Um, so I want to make sure that what I have is a safe place for other people. Um, and that's how we get so much work done. So if someone's not ready, either financially or emotionally, to engage a financial counselor or coach, other than those resources and stuff, what tips do you have for them to get started? Get started? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, seriously, though, um, because at the end of the day, whether you go to a coach, counselor, advisor, whatever you want to call them, you know, you still have to do the work regardless. And so, for instance, when I started on this journey, 
I didn't have anybody like no mentors or anything that I could go to to help me get through this journey. But I just listened to podcasts and blogs and, you know, read as much as possible and just tried to help myself. I think that's where it starts. You know, you just have to help yourself in order to get to that space you have to change your mindset. I mean, it just goes back to mindset, you know? So if you're not in a position to, let's say you can't afford it, even though it is very affordable, um, let's say you can't afford it or, you know, you're like, all of this blog podcast stuff is just woof, going over my head, then just try to take it back to basics, right? So maybe just use cash, Okay, because we all know that cash is very psychological, which I was just having this conversation. Cards are a setup. It doesn't matter if it's a debit card, credit card, whatever. It was all a setup. Um, <laughs> but cash has a psychological thing that happens when you use it. And so that's why you hear people like Dave Ramsey and stuff like that saying the cash envelope method, you know, blah, 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 because it works. Right. So let me give you an example. You go to the grocery store, right? groceries, of course, they're high. I just went to go pick up like three things and it was like $70. <laughs> I'm exaggerating, but you get the point. Anyway, you go to the grocery store and let's say the bill's $200. Okay. If you take your card and you swipe, you don't see that money leaving. It's out of sight, out of mind. You just know it's in there, swipe and it's gone. Okay. Now, if you take $200 in cash and you have to sit there and count it out to the cashier and you hand it over, you know, you might be like, you know, trying to <laughs> like, I don't know if I want to give this. Um, it has a different emotional response. It has a different physical response, a psychological response than just swiping a card. And so if you are just getting started, I tell people just go to cash and see how it feels um, because then you can become more aware. And as you become more aware, you can start making more changes and then maybe you'll get the courage or what have you to take the next step to maybe look at blogs and podcasts or reach out to a coach or a counselor. Um, but it takes taking that first step and cash is a perfect way to start because anybody can do that, right? Anybody can get cash out and just start using that, you know, whether you're getting cigarettes at the corner store or gas or what have you, most places still take cash. So um, I feel like that is a great way to start with awareness. Um, and then once you have awareness, you'll start realizing sometimes subconsciously that you're making changes. So yeah, that makes sense. And I think we all go through that where we think, with our mental accounting, we think we know where everything's going. You would be shocked, listeners out there, if you haven't done that before. If you wrote it all down, even even me, even you, Tiffany, we, we talk money all the time. Even us, we've surprised ourselves, I'm sure, from time to time. So the awareness is huge. The envelope method is as a good way to start thinking about it, tracking it and things like that. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap up? Um, I think just if, if people didn't take anything else from this conversation, like if they're just like, wah, 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 like the, the peanuts, just realize that it all starts with your mind. Then once you get your mindset together, then go to goals. Once you get your goals together, go to just tracking your expenses just to build awareness. Then after that, go to budgeting and see how that feels. And then you'll start realizing because 
this is foolproof. If you have goals, you have a budget, it's foolproof as long as you stick to it because you're telling your money where to go. <laughs> like it's not going to do anything that you didn't tell it to do. And so <laughs> just keep that in mind. And that's really the key to financial success, in my opinion, is getting those basics down pat. Once you do that, the rest is yours. <laughs> that is so true. Your money can be your employee. Right. And you can tell it what to do. You can boss it around and it can make money for you uh, once you kind of pay off the debt and get investing and, and all of that. So, Tiffany, you obviously have a ton of free resources and things like that. Why don't you tell people how they can get in touch with you? Absolutely. So my home base is moneytalkwitht.com. So you can find a lot of information there. Um, that's where the blog lives. That's where podcast episodes live. Any courses that I have, if you're interested in becoming a client, it's all on that website. And then you can also find me on all social media platforms. When I say all, I'm not over-exaggerating. I'm everywhere. At Money Talk with T. So that's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Pinterest, um, you name it, I'm there. Um, LinkedIn. <laughs> um, and so definitely, definitely, definitely tap into these resources. And the podcast is called Money Talk with Tiff. So I'd love to see you over there as well. Thank you so much for coming on, Tiffany. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. <laughs> So everybody, you can follow me on Twitter at Adulting is Easy. I'm also on Facebook. You can email me at realadultingiseasy.com. Don't forget, as of right now, when I'm recording this, we're still doing Wealth Wednesdays. That's live Twitter spaces at 9 o'clock Eastern, all a bunch of personal finance topics. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Hopefully, we've made adulting a little easier for you.